Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive. There is such a thing. Um, I think if I haven't lost count, this is uh, episode nine. It is episode nine of nine. the podcast. Number and um, I uh, want to start, first of all, by saying thank you so much for downloading the podcast and joining us again because. To say Ted and I are tickled is uh, is a, an understatement. Yep. Um, you know, we, we started the podcast and we thought, oh, well, let's see what happens. We'll throw it out there and see what goes on. And uh, by all measure, at least in the podcast world, things have gone uh, fairly well. Yep, so far so yeah. good. Uh, people seem to have uh, responded. We seem to be yeah. resonating. Uh, surprisingly enough, even with even with the young people, yeah, there, young kids today. Yeah, I'll my son you. Sam, who's my son Sam, is twenty two, and he told yeah. me he's received notes from buddies of his who say, "Hey, your dad's podcast yeah. is cool, man." Um, and I, uh, I'm enjoying it because, uh, you know, once uh, you're still on the radio. Yeah. And by the way, if you're looking for an exciting morning show. It's Ted Bird. Light 106.7 FM, online at light1067.ca, on the iHeartRadio app, and on your smart speaker. I no longer have a mass media platform, having been uh, uh, retired, as that seems to be the favorite word at uh, Shome. Um, And uh, I could really tell the party is over. I I just, I want to tell you this story because I, 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 I hate, hate, hate rent a car companies. They're the biggest thieves in the travel industry now. But, you know, when you go somewhere, you have to rent a car. So um, my wife and I have been spending time outside of Quebec over the course of the summer. We've been everywhere. We've been all over the place. So we flew in yesterday, and um, and my, <laughs> I'm telling you this story because this this is uh, this is the uh, you're not a you're not a famous uh, radio guy story anymore. Okay. So uh, we go to the budget counter, and uh, we're greeted uh, at the airport, and we're and we're greeted by a uh, a, a suitably angry man, um, you know, who's not he good. hates his job. I think so. Okay. Uh, not very charming, and. Um, I, uh, he wants a driver's license and a credit card, and I give him my driver's license and my credit card. And he said, uh, these don't match. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but do you know how some Bobs are actually named Robert? <laughs> some Anth- so it was Terry and Terrence. Right. Some Anthonys are really Tonys. Yep. And I'm I, an Edward. You're who's an a Ted. Edward, right. Yeah. My name... On my birth certificate and my driver's license is Terrence. I don't like to be called Terrence. My credit card says Terry. Okay. And as I'm trying to explain this to the grumpy man, he says to me at one point, he goes, well, clearly your name is Terrence. And I said, yes, but everybody that I know refers to me as Terry. And he said, how do I know who Terry DeMonte is. <laughs> you could be anybody. He said, this is, could be two different people. That's great. Boy, that is the party's over, right? <laughs> That's the party's yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. How do I know who Terry DeMonte is? And by the Listen, way, buddy, don't you know who I used to be? Uh, don't you know who I think I am? Anyway, I gave up. I said, yeah, okay. I just gave him another credit card with the word Terrence on it. Good God. And, and, and I don't know if you've looked lately at a, at a rent, if you've rented a car lately, but there are things like, a recovery fee? I don't know what that is. A license plate fee. Don't don't you just pay for your license plate once? It would seem to me. Yeah. A tire fee? Mm-hmm. Um, a location pickup oh, fee? Oh, you want tires. Yeah. Well, well, you want tires. <laughs> That's extra. <laughs> hold, hold on. Hold on. Which airport are you talking about? I'm talking about Trudeau Airport. Oh, that's Yeah. Funny. Yeah. That's just, uh, yeah. Actually, because I used to work in car rentals at the Trudeau did Airport. You? Oh, did you? And I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you know the person? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, this guy. The, did he have a unibrow? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember if he had a unibrow. Bald? Yeah. <laughs> this this guy was. Uh, you probably hate me because I used to work for car rentals. Oh man, let me tell you something. I wouldn't use the word charmant with this guy. He's like, anyway, he was he was not having it. Terry, he thought Terry the Terry Demonte credit card was a fraud. And uh, that I was trying to use someone else's credit card. Anyway, I thought it was a funny story of the parties over. Kind of love of weight. And uh, and you know you might be able to explain this to me, Poseidon. 
What what's with all those fucking charges? The tire fee, the license plate fee, the like what is, is it just all? a is it just a gouge? It's, it's it's a cash grab, isn't it? No, it's the government. No, 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 no. No. There's a there's a winter tire fee on that bill. Yeah. Okay. That has nothing to do with the government. You buy one set of winter oh, tires, but the, the there's an airport tax also. The airport tax okay. is because of the airport. That's that's the government. Yeah. That's the government. Yeah, but yeah. the the winter tire fee yeah. that's because uh, the tires have to be changed. Yeah, okay. Winter and summer. Yeah, that's uh, that. So if you charge every person who rents a car at the Dorval Airport, you're so. You're ma- you're making about ten thousand dollars every winter every time you change. Anyway, it doesn't. It no, no, does- look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything on that <laughs> no, any further. Yeah, yeah, but okay, you're you're a yeah. smart enough man. You you, you say <laughs> say hi to my friends at Budget Rent a Car for me, will you? <laughs> that that third voice, by the way, is our producer yes. Pantel- uh, Pantelis. Yeah. I keep I keep getting the two well, of them mixed both, up. They're, they're both they both I start know, with yes. P's. They're, well, they're both Greek gods. Yes, they yeah. are. Well, Greek, is Pantel- yeah. Pantelis a Greek god, or is that just a, a Greek name? Uh, it's is, a is there a Greek? Greek is there a Pantelis in Greek mythology? There's. I wonder. Um, I yeah. think. I think there's a saint, though. Oh, okay. Ooh. So he's a saint. Poseidon's a god. Yeah. Uh, Poseidon. Uh, you are a god. He is. He's a podcast god. He's a star of multiple podcasts, including and Two Drink Minimum. Great producer and director. I may That's add. Right. If you're watching this in video. Um, a director's job is uh, what did you call it? You said it's uh, intuitive. Yes, yes, yeah. To know when to switch to yeah. uh, to which camera, right? right. And uh, Poseidon does that during the course of this podcast, right? However, I I, I learned something uh, quite puzzling about Poseidon the other day when I was watching Poseidon and Pantelis mm-hmm. and Mike Ward on Two Drink Minimum. He might be the only person in the history of mankind who's never listened to the Beatles. So uh, that I. Uh, so is that true? I've tried to listen to a few songs, but I couldn't get into it. <laughs> well, at least he knows who they are. Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Have you tried? Did you? Do you what? know what you tried with? Yeah, you know, you know, do you know I, what songs? I don't remember. I did, tried. I, I, did you start early with the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah songs? Or did you did you go a little later with the more more complex songs? Honestly, I don't remember. Okay. It's just, I remember... Uh, because I I um I went basically I wanted to um, how do we say this explore my music taste yes right so at some point like I literally started you wanted to broaden your horizons yeah I started yeah. listening to country even which my favorite song in country is fuck you bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah who does that one <laughs> and okay. uh, it's uh, I forgot the artist's name but yeah the album is called uh, redneck shit. Okay, that's a Which long way from uh, my wife left me. And yeah, my, really. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it cuts to the chase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one verse, no chorus. Fuck you, bitch. The end. And uh, uh, and then I started. I decided. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna categorize by decade. So I went through decades. So then I started. I think I think I started at the fifties. Or I think the 50s was too old. I was like, mm. I want 60s, too old. 70s, I started enjoying it. Okay. 80s, I enjoy a lot. And then 90s, I mainly listen to hip-hop rap. And okay. And 2000s. And, okay. Uh, well, Poseidon's, Poseidon is old enough to be uh, my son or your son. Yes. Yeah. So basically, he's, uh, yeah. he's a generation uh, behind us. Now, mind you, when I was, I can remember being a teenager and listening to my dad's Sinatra records and yeah. thinking, wow, that's good. Man. Yeah. Well, we grew, we grew up around that. One of the th- interesting things I've always said about this is especially, you know, all those years we spent at Chome, uh, classic rock is transgenerational, you know, like it's, yeah. it's easy. It seems to be easier to pass, you know, the, 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 uh, you, your people, your son's age, uh, pick up Zeppelin, you know, Motley Crue. Uh, Sam that. actually asked me to make him a playlist for when he's working out a classic rock. Playlist. There you go. Yeah. So cl- classic rock seems to be easier to, to, to you know, uh, to, to transfer from one yeah, generation to another. It's a little another. bit like classical music that way. Yeah. Because classical music yeah. has stood the test of time. I mean, yeah. you know, symphony orchestras still play classical well, music on yeah. the regular. So, so does Sinatra. Like, my in in my house, my dad always had on, you know, Dave Brubeck and Miles Davis and Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra and all of those things. But I, I didn't seek out those records until I get older. Which I I found interesting. Yeah, you know, like you, you know, I didn't ask for Sinatra records 
for Christmas, but I did ask for Abbey Road. Well, sure, yeah. That Abbey Road came As out. did I, but yeah. I also remember sitting by the huge console stereo yeah. with the yeah. turntable, listening yes. to uh, listening to Frank, who went, I was yeah. 17, going, yeah. I like that. Yeah, this is classy. Yeah, I, I like that. It's funny you mentioned those old stereo consoles. My, uh, my grandfather ha- had one that he built from scratch he loved to tinker with electronics and i'm i'm looking for i would like to have one in the house because that was back when your your turntable and your fm radio was part of the furniture oh yeah they, they yeah. was like you, they were in a cabinet oh yeah well the thing was the almost as long as this table yeah and almost as wide yeah. it was huge yeah, yeah absolutely on the subject of the beatles i wanted to ask you if you've seen I, I caught up in some movies during the pandemic have you seen yesterday i have i thought that was such a great movie if only for the concept. Yeah. The concept was yeah. a guy who's a singer-songwriter uh, at a very low level, like he plays kids' birthday parties and puppet shows and kind of like Spinal Tap when they uh, yeah. when they uh, <laughs> lost their way. And he, I don't remember exactly what happened. Was he in an accident? He got hit by a bus or something yeah, during, a, during some kind of a weird lightning storm yeah. or something. And when he came to... He came to he came back into a world that was the same except the Beatles had never existed. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting. Isn't that concept. a great concept? Yeah. So yeah. he's so he's sitting around with his friends one day and he's got his guitar and he starts to play Yesterday yeah. and sing Yesterday. That's George Harrison's song, right? Uh, Paul McCartney. McCartney. Yeah, it's McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. And his friends are looking at him and they're going, "Wow, man, that's really that's cool." That's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write that? And he goes, "Well, no, that's it, it's a Beatles song." And they they go we the Beatles. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he goes home, goes on the internet, Googles Beatles, and what he and, and gets the spelling correction and the bugs. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's the whole premise of the movie is the Beatles never existed. And I have to tell you, you and I, in a couple of podcasts, a couple of episodes ago, we're talking about crying. There is a scene at the end of that movie where I was doing the World War II cry in the theater. Where he goes and visits John Lennon? Yeah. John yeah. Lennon, who is John Lennon, yeah. but is I believe he was a retired postman yep. who lived down by the sea. Down by the sea, yeah. 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 And the great part of, well, it was a great movie uh, in, in every way, but what was interesting was the, the moral dilemma mm-hmm. that he was presented with because he realized, okay, I know the, I know the Beatles' entire catalog yeah. and nobody else does, and he became famous. He became wealthy and famous, on by, the backs of somebody yeah, else. Yeah, by passing himself off yeah. as the as the author of of all the Beatles hits. Yeah, and I don't I don't even remember how it ended except for the uh, except for the John Lennon scene. But yeah. it, it reminded me of another movie that had a similar, although a far more consequential moral dilemma. A movie called The Final Countdown, mm. starring Kirk Douglas. <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> Kirk Douglas was in it. Martin Sheen was in it, and the premise was. It came out in 19, late 70s, early 80s. The premise was the aircraft carrier, the nuclear aircraft carrier, USS Nimitz, in the 19, late 70s, early 80s, is, uh, is on patrol or whatever in the Pacific Ocean. An electrical storm comes up, and the Nimitz sails through a time portal, and when the storm subsides, they realize from listening to the radio that they're back in 1941. And it's December 6th, 1941, the day before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. So they've got this nuclear-powered aircraft carrier that's beyond anything that could have been imagined in 1941. They know that the Japanese fleet is on the way to Pearl Harbor to to attack the American fleet. And so their moral dilemma is... Do we intercept the Japanese fleet and destroy it, which we can do because we're a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier from the future, and alter the course of history, or do we let history take its course that is a fascinating idea for a movie and that that that's a great elevator pitch as they call it in hollywood yeah no kidding hey, if eh? you were standing next to a producer and yeah. told them that i'd like wow that's a great idea yeah great premise and yeah. i think ultimately they decide we've got to stop it i mean yeah. we know that three thousand americans are going to be killed yeah. at pearl harbor it's our duty right as you know the united states navy to stop this attack and there are a couple of scenes where uh, japanese zeros which for their time, were a high-performing uh, fighter plane, but they were a propeller plane. 
and and they encounter a couple of F-14s <laughs> off the aircraft carrier. Well, right. guess who wins that fight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Surprise! They, yeah. Uh, I'll ruin the ending for you. And if you're going to go, no, 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 you ruined it. Well, it's been out for 40 years, okay? If you haven't seen it yet, that's on you, not me. They end up, another storm comes up, and they go back through the time portal before they can stop the attack on yeah. Pearl Harbor. And then when they get back to port in 1980, I think it was 1980. Then there's a little twist at the well, end that I won't tell you about okay. because I don't remember exactly what okay. happened. <laughs> okay. I, that reminds me of uh, a, a conversation I don't want to get into, but I've always had an immense amount of respect. I think my favorite president of the 20th century is Harry S. Truman because I believe that no one in the... 20th century was faced with a bigger decision than he was when the generals came to him and said, so we got this uh, weapon and he was a goddamn tailor. He was a haberdasher. Really? He, eh? And he had to make that decision. That well, I know you don't want to get into the conversation, but let me just say millions of lives were spared. And Hundreds of thousands were lost. Millions were spared. You and I are on the same page. And um, by the way, this is a great uh, opportunity uh, for us to say, um, some people have said to me, why don't you and Ted talk about issues of the day? Um, and uh, Ted and I have made a decision, a deliberate decision uh, to do, you know, to swing more fart joke. <laughs> well, not even not even politics. that so much as I think yeah. I think that we can have compelling and interesting serious yes. conversations yes. without having to get into yeah. the 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 issues of the day that generate so much yeah. uh, anger a, anger and animosity yeah. and it's yeah. just if you want that uh, Twitter yeah. go to Twitter there if you, you want go that. yeah, yeah Twitter our plen- favorite swamp yeah plenty although. Sorry. Do you I want to use that as a segue? Uh, yeah, we could. Yeah. I, I, we, we must. People have been very kind to us on Twitter. There's a, they have. There's on a, social media yes. in general. Yeah. On social media, people have been very kind. And I started at the beginning of this episode to say uh, thanks to you for coming along for the ride and downloading and sending us nice compliments on social media. And, and I've tried to answer as many of them as I can. But I, I really want you to know, it, it really does mean the world to us because Ted and I, when we first started to talk about podcasting, we were like, I don't know, I don't know this world and I wonder if it's going to work and I wonder if anybody's going to care. And uh, the response has been, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the adjective is I should use, but the response has been really gratifying. Yeah, gratifying is the perfect adjective. Yeah. And we've been lucky to have Pantelis and Mike yes. Ward supporting us in this yeah. endeavor, along with Poseidon. Yeah, they really know the podcast exactly. world. Yep. And you and I, you're still in it, and I spent my whole career in uh, mass media, which you know has been controlled by just a few companies in the last 10 years. And this, for me, is like a it's like a breath of fresh air, and people seem to be still interested in listening to you and I piss around. So I'm yep. I'm I'm really excited about it, and and we're going to thank our sponsors because they were there from the get go too. I don't want to go on and on about it, even though I am. Do you want to bring our first guest in? Our I do. first ever guest. Yes, and uh, this is this is a really interesting story, and uh, you'll know why in in just a moment. What do you think it is with me, Ted, with family-run businesses? I just love a good family-run business. I think it's because you're Italian. Maybe. I think it's the yeah, Italian thing. Family. Familia. Familia. See, si, see. Si. I just, I have a real affinity in this day and age of, you know, you go to a counter and you want to speak to somebody in charge and they have to send an email to Edmonton and you hear back in 10 days. I don't like any of that at all um i love it when families get passionate about something and they end up building a business from their love of that particular business and that is the case at matla bonheur when i first went into a matla bonheur store i could almost tell right away i went into the original store which is on Gwen boulevard in saint genevieve and i was almost taken aback by how wonderfully i was greeted with a smile in both languages and how can we help you and the store was beautiful and we got to talking and somebody asked me a few questions about how I sleep and do I like a firm mattress and what kind of pillow do you have and what do you prefer and 
all of that stuff standing in this beautiful store. And then they said, we're going to show you these three mattresses and you let us know if you have any questions. So nobody sat with me. Nobody tried to pressure me to buy anything. It was just, I was taken with the way they run their business and that's the way they built their business. There are now uh, 18 locations across the uh, greater Montreal area. And if you're thinking about a mattress, you want to deal with people like that, don't you? Do you think they'd let me have a nap in the showroom as a means of trying out one of their mattresses? You know, if they weren't busy, Ted, I would venture to guess they probably would. Because I could drop by after the show, and you know what it's like after yes. a morning show. You've gotten up in the middle of the night. It's nap time. Yeah. I could I could swing by the closest <laughs> location on my way home, have a little schluff, yep. wipe up my drool, and be on my way. <laughs> Uh, by the way, while we're talking about that, they also have uh, set up some really safe shopping, mattress testing. They've got covers and all kinds of protocols and everything else. And uh, you've got to know that, uh, by the way, you could stop at the original store in St. Genevieve. Oh, there you go. And uh, right around the corner, you could get a hot dog at La Roulette. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, there are, um, let me see, I want to make sure that I get this right, 18 locations in the greater Montreal area. There's lots of places to buy a mattress, but if you're thinking about buying a mattress, don't do anything before you visit Matlabonner, matlabonner.ca. Jeff, I'm fascinated by the hospitality industry. I love hotels. As a former hotelier, you'll know this property. A good friend of mine was the assistant GM at the Drake Hotel in Chicago. Drake's in Chicago, sure. Yeah, and I, I'm fascinated by, uh, and obviously you were at some, some great ones. The, the Laurier is a classic, yep. Sky Dome something. Yep. Um, what, what are some of the other hotels you were at? And then let me ask you a hotel question. Well, let me give you my pedigree. So I'm the official 2010 Canadian Hotelier of the Year. Oh, hey, hello. Is well, that when you were at the Crystal? Uh, that is while I was at the Crystal. Yeah, car, which right? is a five-star hotel. That, that One is, of the few, I think, in Montreal. You know what? Not? Here's a boring story. Okay. Uh, that's the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's the hotel they put me up at uh, when they were, Sean was trying to get me to come back from really? Calgary. Yeah, nice. I stayed at the Cristal for a few nights. And it was in the uh, Cristal lobby that I met uh, Ted and people. That's Mary. right. Yeah. yeah. And I said to Jeff, I said, man, you should be doing in a world movie, uh, <laughs> yeah. movie yeah, trailers. Yeah. And he said, well, as a matter of fact. Already yeah. am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, some of the other properties? Yep, so the other hotels. So I cut my teeth at the Prince of Wales Hotel in Waterton, Waterton National Park in Alberta. That was oh. in 1983. Then I went up to Chateau Lake Louise. Oh, man. Man, uh, came the, back here, and then I was uh, in the off season because Banff and Lake Louise were just opening for uh, full year operations. So it was kind of a shared staff situation between Lake Louise and Banff. Then it was uh, Jasper Park Lodge. Oh, Shadow Mosler. These are Skydome Hotel, Shadow Laurier, yeah. and then uh, Fairmont Dubai. Some real the, dumps, eh, Terry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, you know what? I'll tell you something. The Banff Springs Hotel, as they call it, the castle, yes. is my favorite property in the country. Yeah, it's a crazy Yeah, place. it's yeah. absolutely beautiful. What's the, as the general manager or operations manager yeah. of hotels of that caliber, yeah. what's the most important thing? When you walk what's the most important thing on a day-to-day basis when you walk the halls of those hotels what are you looking for that tells you we're having a good day yeah so hotels to run one well are all about departmental communication so every single day in probably every single hotel on the planet there's an ops meeting at nine o'clock in the morning every department heads around the table you ask what was the house count last night what was the report from night audit on what went on overnight Who's arriving today? What are the departures today? So that you have a statistical, analytical view every minute of what's going on. For example, if there's 250 people leaving at 11 in the morning, your head is on, okay, what's the parking situation? What's the situation in front of the hotel? Can we navigate these people out? It's, it's minutia management done with grace. So when you're looking at it from the quality perspective, because it's one item to just process the logistics of movement, with a personalized kind of uh, coloration while you're also expecting another 200 people to check in six hours later, uh, is that you're looking for the, the, the conditions of the environment that demonstrate that you're paying attention to what the guest expects to see. So if you take a, if I put my 
my eyes visually in the lobby of the Banff Springs Hotel, which has a huge yeah. oval oh dry, wa- drive-in, and you've got a, a, a massive double height uh, lobby as you walk in. Well, if I'm paying six, eight hundred, a thousand dollars a night, what do I expect to see? I expect right. to see the brass on the door is polished. I expect to see no fingerprints on the glass. Mm. I expect to be greeted with an authentic smile, yes. not just not just hello. It's got to be something. Do not, not a budget, not a budget rent a car at the airport. <laughs> smile. <laughs> you mean one of these? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So these are these are important details. Do, do you know who's in the hotel that night? I'm, and I'm not talking about Brad Pitt. Is there a, a, an expectation if somebody says, uh, um, "I think I think Jeff Molson, the guy who yeah. owns the Montreal Canadiens, has checked in for three nights." Do you know that? Uh, yes. Okay. So you'll if if there's a if there's a let's say a reaction to a VIP coming in who is unannounced, mm-hmm. it'll be flagged or it'll be communicated okay. somehow. Or if you're on your game, you're going to look at the, arrival, the right. in-house list yes. and you're going to say, how come I didn't okay. see? Yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted because I have to ask you this question. <laughs> because here's the story, quick story for you. So one year, I, I'm at the, uh, I think it was the Pan Pacific, Fairmont Hotel in uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. And I go there and I have this really wonderful stay and uh, blah, 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 blah. And the following year, I am in a rent car and yes. I go back to the Pan Pacific yes. and I pull into the driveway and the man, the front door man, comes to the door and he opens the door and he says, Welcome back, Mr. DeMonte. How are things in Montreal? And I nearly shit my pants because I thought, how does this go? What, what kind of <laughs> magic? You know, it was a year ago I was here yeah. and a gajillion guests have been here since then. Yeah. What, what's going on? How does that work? Uh, did you had a reservation? They knew you were, were arriving? Yes. Okay, boom. So you've got a number of people who are arriving, and I'll give you an example. We, I built a Hotel Quintessence in Mont-Tremblant, and part of that was to make sure that every single person, when they pulled into the parking lot, we knew who they were when they were, pumping, when they were pulling in. So one is, what is your approximate arrival time? So if I've got 40 people arriving that day, mm-hmm. and I know that 10 are coming between 4 and 5, and, and Mr. DeMonte is one of them, uh, someone may recall what you look like, what kind of persona you were, and they would have some some general indicator right. that their probability of risk is low. If they say the guy's in a rental car, he's arriving between four and five, and he's a he he's a he's a heavy set guy. He has presence. Welcome back, Fatso. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then the doorman, who may in fact even remember you from the last yes. day, will say, "No, wow. that's Terry Demonte. Good afternoon, that's, Mr. That's really because. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm wrong, Jeff, but that's the kind of thing that impresses me at a at a hotel. The attention to detail like that impresses me. What did you What did you say before? Minutia management yeah. with grace. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. you're managing small details. Yeah. And uh, there's also an expression in French. It's luxe décontracté or or casual elegance, and it comes out of the Four Seasons book, but not something that that I emulated before reading the Four Seasons business strategy book. And one hotel, one of the finest hotels, is the Little Nell Hotel in Aspen, Colorado. So when I was in Whistler, our comp set hotels were in the Colorado, um, Aspen uh, uh, markets like Vail, Aspen, and Sun and Alp. Other ski resorts. Other ski resorts. Mm. These particular ones because they were high rate. And the Little Nell was uh, all about going to greet you at your car, which... I, we adopted every hotel I do. I try to adopt the same thing. Not wearing a uniform that is symmetric in color. In other words, be more relaxed. So if you're if you're wearing a monochromatic suit as a hotelier, the guest immediately feels they're dealing with an institutional look. But if you're wearing khakis and a blue blazer and a and a blue shirt and a you know a, a, a tie that's uh, off color, it adds character and personalization. It's like I'm I'm visiting you at your house, and so these are kind of the nuances which drive a tone. So Hotel Cristal, I, we adopted three words there: humility, excellence, confidence, mm. because we're a non-branded hotel. So humility is good afternoon, Mr. Bird. Welcome to the hotel. Uh, excellence is that we want to make sure we get it right. And confidence is that we probably will get it right. So if you're going to belittle an employee because your expectations were greater than what was reasonable, 
we will confidently tell you, with all due respect, we're here to provide you everything that you that you have booked, and would you like us to provide strawberries with that? And those those <laughs> yeah. those yeah. those three words are kind of key. In I thought story. that was going to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. We we will confidently tell you, with all due respect, to go. And <laughs> Ted, you know what I like is when we used to work together, you used to do the, uh, ooh, 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 ooh. I feel it, I feel a change in the air. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The ba- it was the bear thing. Yeah, yeah, you'd come in in the morning and you'd say, oh, I felt it this morning. <laughs> and I'd say, damn it, no, it's too early for that. Um, but it's in the air. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, it's, it's what time. A, It's what I think a bear must do every year when yeah. he realizes or she realizes it's time to uh, think about hibernating. Right. So when I go... I know it's time to think about winter tires. Right. Bears don't think about that. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. no. So when I would think about winter tires, and maybe bears do too, I'm not sure. Uh, I think about Merson. Our friends at the Mersons. Merson Automotive. uh, You and I have been going to Merson for, what, 25 years now or so? Yeah. I used to take my horse and carriage there. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they have have an outlet in Pennsylvania now. Merson's of Pennsylvania, where they do only wagons. (laughs) That might not be true. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. They take take care of Montrealers. Yeah. It's a family-run business. And one of the things that I love for years is going into the waiting room and you'd see the same faces in the spring and the fall. And that's because families have come to trust them. You and I have both had this experience. I was introduced to them over 25 years ago when I got ripped off at a mechanic's place. And a friend of mine said, you should take it to the Mersons. They're as honest the day as, as the day is long. And I said, who are the Mersons? And at the time, it was Mark and Bonnie, and we met Mark and Bonnie and became very good friends. And now there's a new generation, Kara and Celso, um, are running the shop. But all of all of the same uh, standards and traditions of honesty and integrity are still there, along with a lot of employees that have been there I was going to say, not just the same yeah. faces of clients yeah. in the waiting room, but also the same faces behind the counter and in the back as well, yeah. back in the mechanic bays. And if, that speaks volumes about a business when you have continuity of staff. Yeah, and simple things like an oil change, no problem. Uh, you need a tune-up, no problem. Your fritzinator's gone, no problem. If uh, you're leaking oil and they need your car for two Two days, big problem. Um, not for them; they'll fix yeah. it. Uh, but problem for all of that to say, that's where my car is right now. Okay, there you yeah. go. But you want to talk about the trustworthy thing? It's a big job, and it's going to take some money out of my pocket. But I have a ten-year-old car, and ten-year-old cars need big jobs yep. sometimes. And I know I can trust them. When and- Celso told me what the problem was and gave me the estimate. I didn't question him on it because I know that they're not going to rip me off. They're going to do what needs to be done. Do the math. You take that to another place and it's twice the price. 487-5545 or mercenauto.com. Now, speaking of the tweeter, Ted. Yes, sir. Yes. On my radio program on Light 1067, 106.7 FM online at light1067.ca, on the iHeartRadio app and on your smart speaker, Every weekday morning at about 20 after 6, I do something called the Tweet Sheet, where I'll take three tweets yes. that I think are funny and that I think will make Tom Whalen, my on-air partner, laugh. I love this. Now, there are a lot of tweets. There's a lot of funny on Twitter. Twitter can be a real shithole, but like the internet, the broader internet experience, the broader internet experience, yeah, that is, it's the best and the worst of everything. Right. It's a shithole, but it's also uh, chock-a-block full of really good humor. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of tweets I've come across that have made me belly laugh, but I can't use them on the radio okay, for obvious reasons. And because, look at us in podcast because land. Because they're salty. And here we are in podcast land, yes. so we can use them. So I brought along a few. All righty. And I want to run them by you, Terry, okay. and see what you think. Here's, All righty. Here's one from at Smoohead. HR says I'm no longer allowed to answer the phone with, for fuck's sake, what now? <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's fantastic. Yeah, she's terrific. She's really, really good. I got to follow her. My yeah. fairy, what fairy princess? My fairy princess, Smoo, or the the uh, the handle is at, or whatever you call it, the yeah. at is at Smoo. I think, is that uh, MF? Is that motherfucker? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably motherfucking fairy princess. Yeah. 
So boy, that's a good that's one. Very funny. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's go to the next one. Uh, let's I go to the next one, next Poseidon. One. Yeah. Yeah. We're got, if you, if you're listening, we've got these up on a screen in the studio. Yeah. So we're uh, we'll go from one to the next here. Okay. Uh, the next one, if it's the one that I think it is. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's there it. we go. Okay. This one's from, uh, I can't, uh, it's Nash Flynn. Okay. My asshole neighbor complained that our rooster was loud in the morning and then my rooster died unexpectedly. So now I'm forced to stand on the, <laughs> on the porch at 5.50 a.m. to scream, the sun. Oh my God. It's the fucking sun. <laughs> uh, rooster translator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, when you think about it, that's what a rooster's saying. That's exactly the sun. Oh my God, it's the fucking sun. There was a quick sidebar. Yeah, there was a, a place uh, I used to visit years ago in uh, British Columbia, and I would go for a walk around eleven eh, thirty, quarter to twelve, and I would walk by this place where a rooster at around quarter afternoon or twelve thirty would go. <laughs> And, and I would quarter think, afternoon. Yeah, and I think uh, oh, that must be like the the party rooster. I guess it's like, hey, pal, the sun's been up for quite some time now. Just rolling out, of, just rolling out of bed eh, at yeah, lunchtime. Literally rolling, out. <laughs> literally rolling out of the hay. Oh Christ! All right, who do we got next? All right, here we go. From at Viking Jonesy, code brown, I shout as I accidentally shit my pants in the Cracker Barrel parking lot. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, these are great. Aren't and they? Also, the Twitter handles Jonesy the Beautiful Idiot. Yeah. God love you, Jonesy. Yeah. Oh, boy, those are fun. Yeah, maybe I should yeah. be reading those instead of the ats. I don't know. I, I usually <laughs> mention the ads on the radio in case right. anyone wants to go to the... Uh, so, and I also Code brought along... Brown. <laughs> Code Brown. <laughs> I also brought along a couple that I have used on the air, but okay. were so funny, I thought okay. you'd get a big kick out of them. All righty. Uh, this is Skoog. He's very good. Yeah. George Washington. This tyranny cannot stand. John Adams. Here, here. What say you, Benjamin? Ben Franklin. Slowly going insane because of the syphilis. I'm going to make a lightning kite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a maker. <laughs> okay, and okay. one more. All right. This might be my all time favorite. Okay. Steve versus Ninjas. At Jonestown, 906 cultists died of drinking poison Kool Aid, as well as the first officer on the scene, <laughs> Jeff, don't mind if I do, Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> What do we got here? Oh, God. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. It's, uh, are you still doing the pass out laugh? Because I'm... Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm, uh, when yeah. we used to work on the air together, Ted said... <laughs> Ted, uh, Ted sometimes came close to passing out. Yeah. You would say, oh, Chris, I think I'm going to pass <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> because we would laugh so hard. Oh, like yeah. that. Those are great. I think... are uh, they funny? We're going to make those a, uh, a regular feature yeah? of, uh, well, of like the I podcast, say, don't you think? I think it's a good idea because everyone loves a good, a good laugh, yeah. right? And, yeah. and humor can be such a dumpster fire. Yeah. But yeah. that makes it worth visiting. Yeah. It it's, really does. Yeah, it does. I agree. Thank you. Those were good. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, eh, those Poseidon. Are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like those a lot. Are you you you're a belly laugher, aren't you, Poseidon? Because yes, yeah. and I also shake when I laugh. Do you? Yeah. yeah. You have a great laugh. Yeah, we I was saying, saying to Terry on the way morning. here yeah. this morning that that Poseidon's got a laugh that reminds me of Jeff Bartlett, yeah. who was one of our producers, who had a big big laugh yeah. that filled the room. Yeah. And yours does the same thing, and I love it on <laughs> on two drink minimum. Uh, when when Mike and Pantelis are cracking you up, and they take the piss out of you, uh, they tease you so much. But I was saying to Terry, it's you're like the little brother on that yeah. podcast yeah. on Two Drink Minimum, and Poseidon is the little brother who they tease and torment to no end. Yeah. But if ever, anyone ever crossed Poseidon, you know that Pantelis and Mike would be the yeah. first ones. Uh, to rally to his defense. By the way, while we're talking about two drink minimum, uh, we should just say thank you to them. They uh, they said some things about it that made me blush uh, about us. Uh, they said some things about they us did. Yeah, that was that was very nice were of incredibly them. kind. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast again, thanks for finding us. 
on the link tree or if you're watching on YouTube and highly, highly recommend two drink minimum. Uh, Ted turned me on to it and it's, uh, whoosh, boy, yeah. Christ. Three funny, funny, yeah, three funny, yeah. funny guys, Pantelis yeah. and Poseidon and Mike Ward and no boundaries. Um, no boundaries. Yeah. A couple of the things that uh, I wanted to address, some people uh, asked us um, if we could do these daily. No. Um, and uh, uh, a couple of people asked uh, if we were going to have guests. Yes. Um, and a number of people asked, um, do we continue to plan to do them? Well, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah uh, Ted and I were talking this morning uh, in uh, uh, in Dakar, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute, um, about the um, the new season. We would like to do a new season. We're going to do a season that uh, this first uh, 10 uh, episodes will end just before Christmas, and it is our intention and plan uh, to come back with a new season because these uh, seemingly have been well received. As long as you're listening and watching, uh, we'll keep doing them. How about you, Poseidon? Are you in if we do another season? Oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. Fuck yeah. Terry and Ted, they're back for another season. Poseidon says, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you and I were talking about this, though. They, I, I was in, I mean, you're still in it. Um, and you have a, a, a fair amount of freedom at Light 106, I think, Ted. Um, N- not bad. Um, you, you, gotta be, still got to be careful. Well, you do, because yeah. that's that's not so, so much the radio business as it is the responsibility of being on the public airwaves. That comes with a responsibility, and, and, and old pros understand that. Um, but there is a sense, uh, one of the things that uh, people were asking me about, uh, you know, like, do you like it? How does it go? And... We sat down and it just it just kind of started to roll again. And I'm trying to make people understand the freedom that I feel, the joy that I'm getting from sitting here, and the joy that I'm getting from thinking about what we're going to talk about, and the joy I'm getting from the freedom to do as we please, when we please, for as long as we please. The, the world of podcasting is, it's a completely different world from, and you, you said to me before we started today, Poseidon, you don't listen to the radio, you never have. Never have. That's astonishing to me. Well, it, that's the world we live in today. Yeah. And it's interesting, I was thinking about this the other day, people now go to streaming services for their music, and if they want compelling, interesting talk, they go to podcasts. Radio, when it's done really well, combines those two things, music and compelling, interesting talk. But radio companies aren't interested in doing that anymore. And today, and when that's we, why they're losing ground to streaming services and podcasts. Today, when we stopped uh, to see Sebastiano. At Non Solo Pane. This podcast is catered by Non Solo Pane. There's no fucking way we're ever going to finish all those sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Well, that is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of food, eh? That really? is a lot of sandwiches. Yeah. I'm taking some home. I, I yeah, got, yeah, oh, for I sure. I food for three weeks now. I'm yeah, good. 100%, man. Sebastiano said to me, he said, when you and Ted were on the air, he said, I wasn't listening for Led Zeppelin. I was listening for you guys. Um, and uh, that sounds like a, a terribly full of myself boast. But I've, I've had a number of com- com- comments from people who said, if I want to li- listen to Led Zeppelin, I'll find it on Spotify mm-hmm. or on, iTunes, my, on, whatever, my, or yeah. on my Google speaker. Yeah. What I enjoy about this is I can get it when I want it, where I want it, and all it is is, is you and Ted uh, entertaining me. And, and I love that, that's a nice compliment. I love the part about there being no shackles. My mom, who is our biggest fan... Uh, said to me after the first few podcasts, I really enjoy the podcast. Quite a few f bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't. They haven't been. We have no. We haven't we been have, heavy, but yeah. but for my mom, well, sure. For my eighty-eight-year-old yes. mother, that's a bit jarring when she turns on. Yes, you know the sure. podcast, yeah. and, and she hears her son going, yeah. "Well, for fuck's sake, what's going on over there?" <laughs> Well, and also, I think for people who listen to us for years are not used to hearing yeah. us talk that way. Yeah, you but know, they, we're like anybody else. That's how off well, the air. That's yeah, and it, not this, anybody else, but most people. It's it's uh, as uh, somebody described it to me in in one of the notes I got on Facebook. 
they feel like they're sitting at the table with us. Yeah. And that also is a high compliment. You know what's interesting about the F-bomb? When I was a kid, I don't know about you, when I was a kid, my parents would swear, but they would never in front of us no, drop no, the F-bomb. Never, there was something never. about that word. Yeah, it was. They wouldn't go near it. And I remember my father one time, and my dad would swear. My dad would yeah. go, something would make him mad, and he'd go, Jesus old, Jesus old, bald-headed, bull-legged, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but he'd never drop the F-bomb. No. And then one day, I yeah. was in the car with him, and he did, and yeah. he immediately turned around and said, don't tell your mother I said that. Yeah, it was like the nuclear missile of, yeah. of swear words. Yeah. And it was an un- same in my house. My father and my mother would, you know, do the, you know, Jesus Christ Almighty. (laughs) (laughs) Almighty. (laughs) But we knew it was an unwritten rule. Those were words for adults. We were not allowed to use them. And and, uh, God help you if you use them. And also, we never heard the F-mom in my house. Never. Different times. Different times. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Um, Speaking of good times, uh, this would be a good spot uh, to thank our uh, friends uh, from Jaguar Land Rover Laval. They have been so supportive. uh, They didn't even, when we asked them to sponsor the 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 podcast i i gave them i came with it like a little presentation they didn't even look at it they're like if you and ted are doing a podcast we are in prior to that when i phoned adrian the marketing director at jaguar land rover laval she said to me don't you dare talk to anybody else yes. in the car industry until you talk to I'm us first get charlie. go get charlie I'm all right we brought charlie bird in today charlie is Hello, my charlie. Uh, howdy Charlie's my son, and nobody knows more about cars than Charlie Bird. And he has been like that since he was, I can remember Charlie at three or four years old, Mm -hmm. sitting in his booster seat in the back seat of the car, and we'd be driving down the highway, and there'd be a car coming the other way, and he'd go, Lexus. Yes. And Lexus would drive by. Yeah. Well, Sounds I, about right. Yeah. yeah I, but I, only high-end models. Those were the only... Back when, he, when yeah. he was just little, it was only high-end models right. that he that he would point out on the uh, highway. I remember when you guys came to Calgary, and uh, I had a 320, I think. I was driving a... Uh, 325 Coupe. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. driving one of the threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had an old used uh, Lincoln, and... Uh, that was 2008, so he would have been seven. Yeah, and uh, Charlie was all over that car like a smell. Yeah. You love those cars, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what is it about those cars you love so much? Uh, which one? Oh, okay. Cars uh, in general. Cars in general. Yeah. Well, yeah why like, did you get into that? Was it just an eight? Do get you think? Re- get real close. Yeah. Uh, I can't even explain it. Yep. Honestly, it's just. Uh, it's kind of. It's an, just a passion, it's, it's, an innate it's, passion. It's, it's yeah. just a passion, you know. Yeah. Some people are passionate about sports. Uh, you know, everyone if, has their if, own passion. It's just something I've always been interested if in. If I could say to you right now, I got a briefcase full of money over there. Um, what would you what 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 would you like? Let's what? let's take him to Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Okay, and get there him to go. pick That's out what he one. wants. Yeah. yeah, what would you pick? Uh, well. Let's take the McLaren side of the dealership. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the McLaren side of the dealership isn't sponsoring the podcast, Charlie. It's got to be, I'll tell you what, you can get a Land Rover and you can get a Jaguar. What are you getting? Uh, let's see. I think uh, the new Range Rover Velar. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's a beauty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, what's in it? What's what's attractive? What's the what's the power source? What's uh, well, it's just the look itself. I mean, uh, the price and everything too. Uh, take the Range Rover Sport. You're you're looking at uh, maybe a bit shy of eighty grand. The Velar, in my opinion, looks better. Starts at just over sixty grand. Really? Wow, yeah. I didn't. That's know That's a good price point for uh, yeah. for a Land Rover. Yeah, yeah for a yeah. Range Rover, not even a not even a Land Rover. It's wow. a Range Rover. Yeah. Yeah. Price is subject to change. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, What's the top end uh, Range Rover that you and I were talking about the other day? With the the, the Range Rover. Yeah? yeah. What's the one with the five hundred and twenty five horsepower or whatever it's got uh, in it? The the five seventy five though. That's yeah. the the SVR. Okay. All right. Yeah. And what about the car we're driving today? Because I there was a there was a guy on a guy on Twitter said uh, good luck to you, Fatso, getting in and out of that. And I just wanted I just wanted people to know. That I think I handled myself with a plum getting I in and out of the. I thought you the, were <laughs> elegant, as a matter of fact. The uh, Jaguar, it's called the F Type, and uh, this is a two seater. All I know about it is a two seater. It makes a hell of a wonderful rumbling racing noise. Great exhaust note. And uh, Sarud Vit. 
this yeah. one. Eight. Yeah, and yeah. it's not even the fastest yes. of the F-type coupes. This one's 380 horsepower. The other one, Chew? Uh, 550. 550. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. 500 <laughs> in that little car? Yeah. Yeah. 550 horse. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a yeah. V8 supercharged. It's a, yeah, wow. it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> what is it? It's V8 supercharged. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I, I was saying to your dad today. This is uh, one of these cards that I refer to. Take out your license and kiss it goodbye yep. when you get pulled over. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's sexy too. It's a yeah. sexy car, and I've had it now for over twenty four hours. And the prettiest girl who's been in it is Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Anyway, Should figure that out, pops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would that be your pick uh, on the Jaguar side? Oh, for sure. The F type, yeah. 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 Charlie, like, even uh, like Jeremy Clarkson said uh, on Top Gear. Yeah. Like, uh, like your buddy said at the Jaguar dealership yesterday. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson said it's it, it's one of the best chassis he's ever driven. Really, eh? Yeah, wow. one of the most well balanced cars he's ever been in. That's why it handles so well, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie yeah. said to me the other day when I said, "Hey, a, a Jaguar Land Rover Lavals, <clears throat> pardon me, going to give me a Jaguar for the weekend." He goes, "You should ask them for the F type." And I said, "Chew, they're not going to give me the F type." Yeah. I get an email that day from Adrian, "We're giving you the F type." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Listen, thank you so much yeah. to them. They're and such good people. I, we want. I want to. I want to say something about uh, shopping at that at that beautiful dealership first of all it's a beautiful dealership as i mentioned um and uh, the cars that they have on both sides of that dealership are absolutely beautiful and more importantly the family that owns that dealership are wonderful wonderful folks and it's reflected from the minute you walk in the door third generation family as well uh nino and renato's dad got into the business now they are running jaguar land rover laval as well as mclaren montreal and vilio Nino's son is who set Charlie and I up yesterday in the uh, in the F-Type Coupe. Uh, they're good folks, the DiCabellis family. There you go. It's a Jan- uh, Jaguar Land Rover Laval up on... Shawmany <laughs> Boulevard, isn't it, you? Or is it Carrefour? Uh, one or the other. Yeah. Obviously. Well, you can Shambody, look at... I think. Yeah, yeah I think it's Shawmany yeah. Boulevard. It's, it's on the street that has all the car dealerships yes. up in the uh, Shawmany District of Laval. Uh, and our... Uh, I'm sure they'll appreciate yeah. us not knowing where they are. Yeah. I know yeah. how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Call Ted. He'll take yeah. you right there. <laughs> and a big, big thank you to them for being our, uh, they are our main sponsor yeah. and and have been supportive before this was even a germ of an idea. So yeah. we, we thank them very much. Want to sing Happy Trails, Ted? Do you think so? Yes. Would All you right. like to sing Happy Trails to Happy you? Happy Trails to you. Remember when we used to play that all the time? Until we meet again. Do you think uh, this will be in the promo? Happy trails to you. Something that rhymes with again. (laughs) We better get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) This has been fun. Bye, Ted. Bye-bye. Thanks, Charlie. Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British, but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle.